Morning. Um, I want to greet those. I, did we greet one another this morning, or did I miss that part? We didn't? Okay, now it's flu season, so it's okay if you want to do the air kiss, mwah, mwah, but don't really touch. Um, just hold your breath, though, when you do it, because, uh, you know, eyes, nose, mouth, that's how you get it. Or if you want to do a little elbow, any, or a foot five, all those are fine, but stand up for a sec, or just lean over, however you want to do it, but just say hi to people, and I'll greet the people online. Uh, hey, we're glad you're here. It's not going to work with all this noise, but hey. Now, I know it seems kind of weird sometimes that, you know, especially right then, right before the message, let's all uh, stand back up. And, but there is something to uh, connection. There's something to this idea that, uh, that we're not, Christianity is just not for me. It's just not for you. It's for us. And God always works through his people. He doesn't just work individually. Now, there are times when he calls a prophet, but it's always for the, for the benefit of the people. There are times when he, like when Jesus came, he, there were individuals he picked out, but, but it was always for the crowds. It was always for us. So it, there's, a, there's actually a theology behind that mutual greeting. And it, feels, it felt strange for me to be sitting there and to, to know that, that we hadn't offered that opportunity today. So um, we're going to be in the gospel according to Matthew chapter 13. Now this is, a, this is a chapter of parables. And I encourage you, strongly encourage you to read the whole chapter. In fact, I'd love you to read this whole book. It's excellent stuff. Uh, but this, the, it's amazing the talent, well, he's God, but amazing the talent that Jesus has to be able to articulate a similar point in so many different ways it's also amazing to me that he then has to explain it so often because, and, but we, we've heard these things so many times. We've, we've learned them. If you've grown up in, in, in church culture, if you, you know, came to Christ through Young Life or Youth for Christ or something like that, then you're familiar with these things. But if you heard them in his culture, in his context, the very first time, most of these things are completely, they're, they're, they're world rocking things. Now, we're going to talk specifically about two, it's just four verses, and you probably wonder, how can a guy stand up for 20, 25 minutes and talk about the same four verses? Uh, in, in part, it's because what he's saying to them is not what we think he's saying to them. For example, uh, and I'll give you just a little background on this. Jesus is going to use two similes that are he's calling them parables. In fact, in this, in this passage, it tells us that he's, he, doesn't, he speaks to people only in parables after this point in Matthew. Um, but he says that the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, same thing. Uh, but and by the way, kingdom, if there's a kingdom coming or if it's already here, that implies that there's a king Okay, it's not just that we all get to live in, in utopian uh, bliss, but that we actually are subjects of a king. And then when he says, do this, or if he says, this is how it is, his word is actually law. And so we say, yes, my Lord. And then you, you bow and you back out because you never turn your back on a king. I'm sure you've seen those TV shows. But he, he says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who plants a mustard seed. And we hear mustard seed, and, we, and we're immediately reminded to when Jesus says that faith is small as a mustard seed. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, 
You can say to that mountain, get up and jump into the sea, and, he, and it will. And we love that because just that small little portion, just a tiny little bit of faith that, that God, God will do great things through it. And that is true. But it's not the primary thing he's trying to communicate in that saying or in this. See, mustard, the seed, by the way, mustard seed is about the size of a poppy seed, maybe a little smaller. But when the original hearers heard this, they didn't go, oh, small becomes big. They went mustard. I mean, a mustard plant, and I've used this illustration before. Uh, it's kind of like kudzu uh, in the south. If you, I-75, just south of Atlanta, you see these vines growing on these trees. And they were brought, it was brought in for ground cover, and it covered everything. It takes down chimneys. It takes down houses. It kills forests. And they can't kill. There's a guy in Macon, Georgia, that makes his living by taking goats around to people's property, and they just keep eating the kudzu back. That's all they can do. I'm not convinced that, that napalm wouldn't, would kill kudzu. It's just that. And those of you hunters in the area, there's this vine called bittersweet. Do you know of this? It climbs up the, climbs up the tree, tries to get to the canopy. But, but in order to kill it, you have to actually cut it and then put um, herbicide inside the trunk of that. Or inside the, it's not enough to get it on the outside. But for most of us, I know it's winter. And right now you'd go give me some weeds in my lawn. That would be fine. I get it. But I do my own lawn. I have someone else come in and spray, you know, that kind of thing. But, but the weeding, and, and I, here's the thing I can't stand. When I'm mowing my yard and I see milk thistle, anyone know what that is? Okay. Chickweed. Okay, it's a tiny little, I think this is what it's called. It's, it's kind of viney and it spreads out. Um, and it's got these tiny little yellow flowers. And they, they pull out easy. That's pretty cool. But then clover? You ever try to kill clover? I mean, you can use herbicide and it'll kill, it'll kill everything else around it. But if you use that other stuff that you spray on there, you got to come back the next day and the next day and the next day. And then a week later, it's somewhere else. Or if you're, if you're a gardener and you've got it, you know, like a, a flower bed along the side of your house, and you've got the, the lawn that comes up to it. And, it, and it, you know, right, right where it, it, it meets, there's clover or there's chickweed or you clean it all out and you come out the next day and there's something's hiding behind a bush. And it just, that, that persistence of weeds is what Jesus is talking about with the mustard seed. See, every one of them knew that mustard seeds, if you, would, you wouldn't plant it on purpose. And if you did, it would be to put up a hedge. It grows, I don't know, anywhere from here to that tall, the Middle Eastern mustard plant. And you would put it up to be like a fence or a barrier. You wouldn't put it up because you love mustard. Because it's not the plant that you get mustard from. So it's just this insidious thing. And when he says that a man... The kingdom of heaven is like a, a, a man who planted mustard seed in his garden. Like, what? And then he goes on to this other wonderful thing, yeast. He says the kingdom of heaven is like a woman who took yeast and worked it into the flour. So it, was, it went all the way through the, 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 the dough. And, and, you know, you can't de-yeast flour. You can't de-yeast dough once the yeast is in there. And the Jews didn't often use leavened or yeasted bread. And so it wasn't, in fact, it was one of those things that could kind of, not poison, but make something that was clean, unclean. You put the dough out, um, you, you knead it up and you sit, and they didn't have homes that are hermetically sealed like ours. And the wind would blow and a little, a little speck or two of yeast would come and land and it would ruin the whole thing. You have to throw it out. So Jesus is saying these two things that are not considered highly favored things. And he says that the kingdom of heaven is like these things that irritate everybody. 
And he does it in the midst of a bunch of parables where he's saying things like this. There was a farmer who planted good seed. And as the, as the, as the grain or weed, I think, but comes up, um, weeds start to grow with it. And the servants come and they say, hey, did, did you plant, didn't you plant good seed? I mean, why are there weeds? He goes, well, no, I planted good seed. The en- an enemy must have come and scattered weed seeds along with it. And they say, do you want us to cut it out? You know, cut out the weeds? No, because you might take some of the grain with you. Just let it grow. We'll sort it out later. He's talking about the kingdom of heaven is like grain next to weeds. It's like mustard seed. And it's like yeast. Now, these people had an idea of what the kingdom of heaven was going to look like. Much like we have ideas of certain things as well. Um, Daffy Duck, not Donald, Daffy, Looney Tunes. When I was growing up, he and Bugs Bunny were always at each other. And there was a time, and some of you will remember this, most of you won't, so I'm going to use it anyway. Daffy Duck, there was this performance on a stage, and Daffy Duck was getting outdone by Bugs Bunny, and so he decided to do the one trick that would, make every, would amaze everyone. And he drank gasoline and then swallowed a match. You remember this one? And what happened? You can only do this trick once, but he floated up with wings. He became an angel, Right? And so we have this idea that, that when sometimes, and it's not just Bugs Bunny, it was the, the, it's a wonderful life. We have this idea in our culture that when you die, you become an angel. Or here's my favorite one. When you have a beautiful little girl, just a baby, and you look, oh, you're such an angel. Think about the scripture references. Is there ever a time when an angel appears that people aren't terrified? So you're saying, oh, I'm terrified of you. Culture and tradition changes our mindset, and it makes us see things differently. The Jewish people had an idea of the kingdom of heaven very different than the one that Jesus is communicating. There was this idea they were, they were, they were occupied by Rome and the whole Hellenistic culture, and they were allowed to, to, to practice their religion, but, but only so far they could only do so much, and they had to give all their money either to the temple or more so to Rome. And so this idea, this growing up and this thought of, of over time, it developed that, the, that when the Messiah comes, he's going to come. He's a political ruler, and he's going to come with a sword on a stallion, and, and he's going to gather an army, and he's going to wipe out Rome and send them packing. And then we're going to be in Jerusalem, and then it's going to be Israel, and then, and then from there it's going to go to the, to the known world, and we are going to be the spreaders of the kingdom of God. It will be a theocracy, and we will be at the top. That was the idea that they had, and Jesus came as this humble, not very handsome carpenter or, or, or stonemason. And he started talking to them about loving your enemy. He started talking to them about pray for those who persecute you. He started talking to them about incorporating the lepers and the prostitutes and the sinners. He, he was turning the world that they thought he was supposed to flip it right side up. And it turns out he's flipping it upside down in their perspective. And so here Jesus in his grace, in his mercy, in his infinite wisdom in 30, 30 or 31 or 32 or 33 AD, he's telling us, what we should be watching out for. He's telling us what the kingdom of heaven is going to, how it's going to behave. This doesn't tell us what Jesus did. It tells us who he is and who God is. So hear these, hear these words knowing that it's not a positive with the mustard. It's not a positive with the yeast. But listen to what Jesus says. He says, he told another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Nobody does that. 
Though it is the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into a large amount of flour until it was worked all through the dough. And then Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. I will open my mouth in parables and I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. So he's, gonna, he's just uttered things that have kept hidden from the creation of the world. What is it? He's telling us that the kingdom of heaven It's like a mustard seed that turns into a plant so birds can nest. It's like yeast that messes up a bunch of dough. See, they ate kind of pita bread that they would tear. So what's he saying? I'm going to do my best to tell you. Because it is a secret that he revealed 2,000 years ago. Every generation of Christians since 33 AD believed that Jesus will return when I'm alive. Not when I'm alive, but in the current generation. There's not been a, you've seen it. You've heard it. You've seen the guys that take the, the Hebrew and they, they line it all up and they, they, it's called numerology and they, they figure it all out. Then they predict a date. And how does that work out for them when they pick a date that Jesus is coming back? They're made a fool of, aren't they? Why? Because the news and the culture loves to make Christians and religious people look foolish. It's not worth anyone's attention. I, there was one guy in 1988 that predicted the end of the world, and I was sitting in a small group of Christians. Uh, we, we, were, we were having a prayer time and, and a study time, and one of them goes, well, you know, if the world's going to end next week, I'm not going to make my car payment. <laughs> what? So you don't make your car payment, what, you get to take it with you? You save that money, and if you don't, then, and, and, and the world doesn't end, then, I mean, we get all caught up in it. We make it all about, so, and Jesus saying, how you think isn't how God thinks. Every one of us at one time or another has looked at the news, has looked at something going on in the world. Last week, stock market lost largest point values in history. Not largest percentage, but largest point. Two days in the same week. How many of you that follow that stuff went, ah, world looks pretty good. Not going to buy gold or anything. And how many of you, when you hear about the Middle East, you go, world's pretty good. Feels good, feels safe. How many of you aren't going to be praying for Hannah when she goes to a place on this planet, Afghanistan, where the last place, that's the last place in the world Christians should probably be right now? How many of you aren't thinking this, you're praying for her? We look at the world and we're afraid. And how many haven't, when, when, when the news pedal, it used to be, I, I, I believe, I, it could be nostalgia, which is, um, Considering the prices of yesterday with the wages of today, I remember when I could buy a Coke for a quarter. Yeah, but you brought home 20 bucks a week. When you look at stuff and you see that the news peddles fear and that you can't speak anymore without someone shaming you. And when the greatest virtue is how offended I can be, you look at that and you go, don't you ever sometime go, Oh, come, Lord Jesus. Lord, just come. What are you waiting for? 
Come, Lord Jesus. And we, and we feel kind of righteous about that. That's okay. He does tell us to pray. He tells us to keep watch. He's given us that. He says that everyone wait. What, the parable of the ten virgins. He, he wait, watch, be prepared. But Jesus himself said, I don't know when I'm coming back. Only the Father knows. And I can promise you that no matter how bad it gets, how bad it looks, whatever your experiences are, that the Father is not saying, and Jesus isn't up there in the throne room of God going, Dad, I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go back. I got to go back. I got to go back. And he's like, ah, nah, let him suffer. It's not God. He's saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. And once you plant it, it ain't going away. And even when you chop out down that tree, it's going to pop up again, just like on your hunting property, your ferns, and you get up there and you knock those things down. And next time you come back, they're right back up and bigger and stronger than they were before. It is persistent. Once it starts, it can't be stopped. So Jesus didn't come to plant this mustard seed in the world to let it die. He came to plant this mustard seed in the world to speak to us, to, to pass his Holy Spirit to us so that we would understand that when things look so bad, when they seem so hopeless, when, when we're being told how bad we are, that we're raka, that we're mindless people because we're people of faith. And, and when we're, we're, being, we're, we're being pushed down into the private sector and we're not allowed to speak or pray out loud in, in public settings. And, and the idea is that, that, that Christians are just if, we can just, if we can just shut them up, then God will die because God is just an idea in their minds. And Jesus is telling you, God's not dead. It's right out of the 1960s. Jesus is telling you that once the kingdom starts, you can't stop it. No one can stop it. So when you look at the world... And you go, oh, come Lord Jesus, that's fine. But part of it might be that you're waiting for that day when Jesus returns so that everyone will know that you were right. That's fair. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I mean, I, the dead are going to rise. Ping! I don't know how it, I don't know how it works. I, I, we do a lot of gravesides and, and the people that are cremated, I don't know how it's going to work. I think it's going to be kind of cool. I don't know if it's going to be a Hollywood special effect when, when, when all the dirt in, in the Middle East, the rocks on top of the, uh, the, the vault that the caskets are in, if there's going to be these special effects like whoosh, all the stuff comes off and then and the person slowly rises up and they ascend to the, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool to watch. The trumpets and Jesus with angels, terrifying angels, not the sweet ones. And I look forward to that day, I do. But the reason that day has not come it's because the kingdom of heaven has not spread to the point that God wants it to spread. That mustard plant that grows up, it produces seeds. And those seeds, either blown by the wind, that's the spirit of God, or Christians, the church is supposed to pick those seeds up and plant them somewhere in a place where there's never been mustard before. See, the purpose of a mustard plant isn't to create mustard. It's not even to create seeds. It's to create more plants that produce more plants that produce more plants. Same thing with yeast. Yeast isn't just about propagating itself. It's going to change everything that it's in. We, as God's people, are seed bearers. And he's telling us, once it starts, you can't stop it. But it won't end until everyone that God has called 
has been called until everyone that's going to be, they're going to receive salvation has said yes to God. I think that it's such a time, we live in such a time of grace that people can say the most God awful things. There's one of the new atheist speakers, one of the guys that's kind of the head of it, head of the new atheism. When someone said, how do we deal with people of faith? He says, mock them, ridicule them, make them feel foolish. That's the world we live in. But God is so gracious and so full of mercy that even those people that are blaspheming his name, he wants to give time so that they might know him, so that they might know how good he is, how sovereign he is. See, there's a kingdom of heaven that's taken root, and you can't kill it. And even those who think they can, God loves. God loves them. He adores them. And yeah, is this heartbroken that people are finding hope in things that are hopeless? Of course. But he told the folks, he's not coming with a sword. He's going to be the suffering servant. He's going to love those who hate him. He even tells us we're going to be mocked and ridiculed for his name. But if we're the seed bearers, if we're the yeast throwers, if we're the salt and the light of the earth, then let's go salt and light and seed and yeast. Let's go do it. You know, as a church, as a corporate body, we bemoan things in our culture. We bemoan the fact that churches don't believe the scriptures anymore. We bemoan that, that there were things that 20, 30, 50 years ago were, were seen as repulsive and now they're celebrated. We bemoan that we can't speak in the public arena anymore. We, we, we don't like that. Well, we don't like the fact that, that, that churches aren't preaching the gospel. So we're going to, instead of, why don't you change? We're going to start planting new churches. We're going to plant churches in Hungary. The first reformed church in Hungary since the Soviets took over. The first new, brand new church plant on purpose started last month. If I, if I remember, it might be March. That's amazing. India, we're going to try our best to Christianize an entire county and then go do it again and then do it again. And on top of that, there are people on the north side of Holland that don't know Jesus. In fact, they might hate him. And God wants them to know that he loves them. And so we're going there. And in a couple of years, hopefully with God's, God's provision, we'll do it again. And we'll do it again. And we'll do it again. So instead of saying, why aren't there seeds being spread? We're saying, let's spread some seeds. And you're a seed bearer. And you're a seed planter. And you might not be able to change the world but you can change your neighbor. You can change your neighborhood. You can do all kinds of things that are small. Sows a mustard seed. But it's insidious. It steps in and it takes root and it grows and grows and grows. And grows. You know the, the guy that led Billy Graham to the Lord? You guys know who Billy Graham is? One of the greatest evangelists of the 20th century. The guy who led Billy Graham to the Lord, you know that that's the only person that guy ever led to the Lord? And the only reason he was able to get Billy Graham to go to this tent crusade thing was because he had a new truck. Billy Graham was selling shoes, and he went, and he said, if you come with me, I'll let you drive my truck. 
bribing to Jesus <laughs> through a little yeast. So folks, this particular parable, these four verses are seemingly innocuous. But in fact, God is trying to tell us still today that from the beginning of time, this has been my plan. Not to come in with a sword, not to come in with, with bombers, not to come, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want people to worship me because I conquer them. There's not going to be that kind of victory. The victory is going to be one soul, one heart, one mind at a time. But trust me when I tell you, he says, that once it starts, you can't kill it. You can't de-yeast it. You can't get rid of it. And so as children of God, when we look at the world around us, instead of bemoaning, oh, Lord, come, Lord Jesus. And it's okay to pray because you want relief. I get it. You're tired. But why not sometimes pray, Lord, give us a little more time, a little more time. I don't know if it's going to be February, tomorrow, today, right now. I don't know if it's going to be this summer, although I'd like one more fishing season. Um, still got to be Kyle. I just not going to... Um, I don't know if it's 2018. I don't know if it's in my lifetime. I don't know if it's in my children's lifetime. And I don't know if it's in my children's children's lifetime. And they don't have kids yet. I don't have any idea. Neither did Jesus. He said, be ready. And the way, if it's all going to come, the way it's going to come is because everyone that Jesus called, every culture he wants to change, every political system he wants to upend and turn over, when, 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 it's, when, it's, what, when it's done what God wants done, he will return. And he's not returning as a lamb. He's returning as the lion. He's going to rule and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to live on an earth that is paradise. So when you look at it and you go, oh, they're winning. No, they're not. Not even close. Because God is. And you can't kill someone who is eternal. God's not done yet. So let's look up and see what he's doing. Let's lean in with determination, everything he, he has for us. And let's live out our, our faith wherever the Holy Spirit leads us. That is the mission of our church. It is how we do things in this church. And it is why we do things in this church. He tells me that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that takes root. That it's like yeast that gets mixed into flour. You can't de-yeast. And he wants nothing more than for his people to participate with him and say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It has been his plan since the beginning of time. He was wise and gracious enough to tell us that 2,000 years ago. And he wants us to know and to go. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for these parables. Thank you for using ordinary things to communicate extraordinary truth. And thank you that you said it's not going to be like we think or even like we want, but it is going to be like you want. So Lord, help us as our king, when you tell us this is how it's going to be, help us say, yes, my Lord. And Lord, we want your will to be done on earth just as it is in heaven. We pray this in the name of Jesus.
through the power of the Spirit that lives within us for the glory of God our Father. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his countenance toward you. Let's look at God's face. God smile at you and give you peace. And all of God's people say, amen. amen. Go with and in the peace of Christ.